Hello, Cedarville. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 14 of the Cedarville Stories Podcast. Today on the show, Mark Weinstein will be interviewing Charlie Pinard, a private lesson instructor in the Department of Music and Worship. If you are encouraged by this episode, be sure to share it with a friend. Now here's your host. Thanks, Sarah, for that nice introduction of this week's Cedarville Stories Podcast with Charlie Pinard. I'm Mark Weinstein, and today on the podcast, it's my privilege to talk with Charlie, who's played such a significant role in the development of Cedarville's music program. But more than that, he's used his gifts to share the gospel. Charlie, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Mark, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you. It's a humbling experience to to talk about all of the years that God has blessed me uh, there with at, there at Cedarville. Well, I look forward to diving into that and letting our listeners learn more about you. Uh, for the record, Charlie has been on the Cedarville faculty for the past 43 years, which you would never know by the amount of energy he brings each day to the classroom and to his side interests, which includes being the lead trumpet for the Dayton Philharmonic Orchestra, among many things. When I typically begin my interviews with guests, I often look for a key story in the life of the guest to begin the conversation. From my vantage point, as I think of Charlie Pinard, I believe that starts with your spiritual journey, because without your spiritual journey, you would never have been on the faculty at Cedarville University. Um, can you can you open up the podcast by just uh, walking us through your conversion story and your spiritual journey? I, I'd love to hear it. Well, thanks for asking. And and, and as I get started and, and begin to recollect uh, how the Lord has worked over these years, when you say 43 years, it it uh, it is astonishing that uh, I've been doing anything for 43 years, and, <laughs> and that's uh, that's just really really amazing to think the longevity that uh, that God has given us uh, and the opportunities that lie within those 43 years. Uh, your question is my spiritual journey. Uh, my sp- spiritual journey obviously started with uh, uh, the the actual faith of my father. My father was a strong believer, uh, and he influenced all of us in in the family. The unfortunate thing is he was also a a railroader, and and so he was on the road a lot, and so he wasn't exactly a part of every single day that uh, was in my life, but but yet I knew of, of his convictions. I knew what he read. I knew uh, what was really important. And, and my faith story actually began with him taking me to uh, an evangelist meeting he had been uh, listening to and reading about. And he took me to this uh, meeting when I was 12 years old. It was at a uh, kind of at a country church. And, and uh, this evangelist came in and I'm sitting there. I didn't know what to expect. And, uh, and he starts talking about the gospel. He starts talking about what Jesus Christ did. And, and I got this amazing sense that, that he knew, where, the speaker knew exactly where I was and what I needed to hear. And he was speaking directly to me. Now, and, and so I just followed exactly what the speaker said. Uh, he said, if you, if you really feel like you, you're, you have never asked Christ in your life, then stand up. I stood up. And he said, if you've stood up, come come and tell me about it. So I came and told him about it. And I was 12 years old. And, 
And I just did exactly what he said. Unfortunately, my mother was not a Christian at the time. She had not accepted Christ. And so as I, I went home and, and uh, my mother, uh, like I said, my, my father went immediately out on the road and was working on the railroad. And my mother was in charge of everything in the, uh, in the home. And I received a follow-up letter from the organization where I had uh, gone and accepted Christ. And she came and waved this letter in front of my, my face and said, Hey, it says in here that you have decided to be a goody two-shoes. Oh my. And so, uh, so, 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 so you're going to be a Christian. Is that right? And, and, uh, and so I was flabbergasted and, and she's waving this. Uh, and so I began to hide my faith a little bit at, at home. And I only shared my experiences when my dad would come home. Well, I, I, I just continued uh, trying to grow. And obviously, I really did have a, a true conversion. But for the next several years, I, I really uh, uh, did not allow the Lordship of Christ to, to really govern my life because of, of, of kind of hiding uh, uh, the commitment I had made to him. It wasn't, it wasn't a very strong commitment. And so I, I, I finished high school and, and really loved music and, and fell in love with all of that kind of thing and all of the distractions that would basically take me away from church. I, I really entered into, into that. Then I went off to college. Where did you go? And that, I went to Bowling Green State University for undergraduate work. And I, I, I received a full uh, four-year scholarship uh, uh, for playing the trumpet. Uh, and uh, my skills uh, that I had practiced uh, so much during my early life had been had been uh, rewarded because of that. So uh, I, I was going to go to Ohio State. I received a full scholarship there. Uh, but uh, you being a Michigan fan, don't really want to hear that. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so I didn't I didn't go. I, but I, I really enjoyed the trumpet teacher at uh, at uh, Bowling Green. Now, he had come from Eastman School of Music, and it had always been my dream to end up at Eastman School of Music. And if you fast forward the story, I ended up doing my master's at Eastman School of Music in Rochester, New York. But I went to Bowling Green, and that's where I began my, um, uh, my life as being uh, chased by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I knew that the Holy Spirit wanted me to live a more conquered life. I knew that the Holy Spirit wanted me to live a more committed life, but I was really pretty much running away from the control that God wanted to have in my life. Uh, the, first, uh, the first thing happened uh, halfway through my uh, career, uh, all I wanted to do is play the trumpet. And so uh, uh, I joined a rock band and, uh, and the rock band was doing uh, Chicago type tunes. And so, so there were always horns in, in the band. And that became my life. And so for the next uh, several years, even after graduation um, uh, from, uh, from college, I would tour with the rock band. We were signed by United Artists. And we went out with groups like Three Dog Night and, and uh, The Carpenters and Gladys Knight and the Pips and uh, uh, several several other groups. And we traveled uh, traveled the country, and I thought that would really be my my uh, my my career. But that culture was not exactly conducive no. to living a Christian life. No, uh, 
there were there were uh, drugs all, all around, just every type of drug that you can you can think. Even when we were with the the carpenters, uh, the, the drugs were well, they were prevalent. And uh, and and looking back, uh, you know that I ended up with Cedarville and that sort of thing. But as I look back in my life, I, I knew that even though I was running from the Lord. He had control of my life to the point where even though the drugs were so prevalent, I never tried anything, including marijuana. I never tried one single, one single drug the entire time I was on the road with these rock bands. And everybody else was doing it. And, uh, and it would have been so easy. But I really believe at this point, and I know I'm getting kind of talky right now, but... Uh, but at, at this point, I really believe that God knew that had I em, embarked on that that trail, I He would have lost me. I, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have come back. I wouldn't have come back at all. So let me interject here. So obviously, there was the work of the Holy Spirit. What what event or events led you to saying, "Okay, God, you have control of my life. You're the Lord of my life." What what turned the tide for you uh, as you are doing all this uh, good work with music? Well, right at the end of my undergraduate work, I, I met a I met a beautiful gal, and uh, at that point she hadn't accepted Christ, and that was another part amazing part of my story. Through the the hazy, phasy uh, testimony that I had, uh, she ended up accepting Christ. And immediately began uh, <laughs> to be a stronger believer than I was, even though I had accepted Christ years ago. And uh, when I was on on the road, uh, I was away from her, and uh, and right at the end of my uh, senior year, we had had a a, a child, and, and so I had a had a son, and I was still in the rock band, and so uh, I was uh, traveling quite a bit. And, uh, and and she basically confronted me and said, "You you've got to make a choice. Uh, you you've got to make a choice. Come back and make a home for us, and uh, and, uh, and 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 or, or or go with the band." And I said, "Well, you're making that easy. You're making that easy. I, I can't give up the band." <laughs> wow. And 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 so that was my intent. But as I but as I. Uh, made that decision something in my heart was saying you cannot do that you cannot make that decision you have responsibilities and you've got to commit to those responsibilities so at the end of one of the tours uh, i came back and i said okay uh, let's let's see let's see what happens on this side of life so i uh, uh, finished the degree uh, I had a, a music education degree, and since we were in between tours, I decided to uh, uh, interview for an education job. And so I took on a band directing job at a high school uh, in Sandusky, Ohio, Sandusky Perkins, pretty big school. And, uh, and I didn't really want the job, but I wanted to appear as though I was doing the, the right thing. So I applied and I got the job. And in, in getting the job, Obviously, I had to really commit to that, and so I, uh, I, I got into it, and and the the, and the Lord got a hold of my heart, 
and and he said you have got you have got well first of all he used uh, he used um, the circumstance to get a hold of my my heart to commit to my wife and my child right before i recommitted to him okay and so i, I really came back from all that culture uh, thing because of my wife and because of my child and once once I got into back into the responsibility of of uh, of all of that, uh, then the Holy Spirit really jumped on me and said, "Okay, and now you've got to make something of your life." And so uh, I, I recommitted my life, turned my heart over to Him, uh, became the uh, um, choir director of the local church that I was at while I was the band director. Uh, uh, and 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 the Lord just started to to allow that. Now the interesting thing is, uh, just before I recommitted my my heart to Him, uh, He uh, He took away He took away the opportunities I had to play my trumpet. He just took it away. Uh, I, I had some responsibilities with this band directing job, and so um, I uh, I didn't go on the next uh, next tour. And because I didn't go with the band, they fired me. And, and uh, from from the band, and and so the Holy Spirit used that. My opportunities for playing the trumpet dried up, and so I all I had was my family and the Lord, which is where He wanted me to be. So I recommitted, got my uh, act together. Uh, I was working as a band director and decided I wanted to do something more with the trumpet. So I started practicing uh, every morning uh, at about five o'clock before I would go to school. I would practice in the basement of this little house we had and uh, prepare for an audition for Eastman School of Music. And uh, I won uh, a scholarship, a graduate scholarship there at Eastman School. Uh, we uh, we uh, started our, our trek, uh, my little family, my one son and my wife, and we went to, to, uh, to Rochester, made some wonderful friends as soon as we got there. Uh, we started going to a church, and and this uh, uh, the choir director went stepped back and said, "As long as you're here, we want you to be the the choir director." So I started doing worship leading and doing the the choir there, and started getting involved in ministry. and knew knew that that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. That's a fabulous story. How he used your wife initially uh, to turn you around because you and he, and the fact that he dried up your opportunity to play the trumpet. And as, as, as we'll get to know in the latter part of this podcast, how much he's giving you the opportunity to use your trumpet. And uh, so you're, you're yeah. better for it. Um, one of the greatest blessings a person can have is to be part of seeing loved ones come to know Jesus in a personal way. Your wife is testament that to, the, to you. Um, tell me how he used you in the lives of your two sons and your five grandchildren for kingdom purposes. Well, that again, I am so humbled uh, when I look back at, and see how how things could have gone, <laughs> and how how my decisions early on should have ended up in ruin. Uh, I, I shouldn't have had the uh, the wonderful marriage that I have now. I shouldn't have had the privilege to have the kids that I have, the two sons that I that, that I have. Uh, I was so reckless at the at the beginning and uh, and and for for god to use i, I i'll never forget that I, I can't remember who that female author was that wrote the book uh, 
God uses crack pots or something like that. Pat, is it Patsy Claremont? Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I, I'm such a crack pot. Uh, you are. Uh, yeah, I know, in many ways. You are. Uh, a crack yeah. pot, a crack pot and a crack pot. Uh, yes, yes, I, I got them both. I, I know that. But but when I think back where uh, my my wife's faith was so strong yeah and she she just encouraged me to continue the walk and and i was again when i came back uh, and recommitted it wasn't like i'm on top of the world spiritually no no it was like no it was like a total roller coaster uh, uh up, up and up and down and so my my wife actually uh, as i recall uh uh, was able to to lead my uh, oldest son uh, to the Lord, and uh, and of course that we we were kind of doing that together, and then then uh, my youngest son uh, he was he was the one that really took to the trumpet, and so he and I had a had a kind of a a real a connection because of that. Sure. And so I had the, I had the opportunity to, to lead him. But, but the, the end of the story, if we fast forward several years later, my oldest son had a uh, uh, set of triplets, <laughs> set of triplets, and uh, my wife quit her work to watch the triplets. And so they were at our home uh, five days a week, and they spent the night probably on an average two nights a week. And so we had them, uh, and they almost seemed like they were ours. And I would always pray with them. And uh, I'll never forget when uh, uh, the young boy was, uh, he was uh, five. Uh, yeah, he was five. The girls were six. And, uh, and, uh, and in one of our, one of our prayers, uh, we, had, uh, we had been talking about the gospel and talking about Christ and, and all of that. But, but the, the wonderful opportunity to actually uh, to invite him to uh, and and the girls to to invite uh, Christ into their into their lives. It was just a, a pinnacle of a spiritual experience. So, in in addition to um, leading your family in a way that brought them to Jesus, what other opportunities has he presented you that you could share the gospel with others? Well, the opportunities I've had to share my faith are just absolutely remarkable sometimes they come out of the clear blue sky uh and and i am so humbled again i know i've said that earlier but i'm so humbled for the opportunity to even even take that message to anywhere else because early on i didn't want anything to do with it i i didn't I, you know i was out on the road and i didn't want anybody to even know that i was a christian and and uh, so you know i i didn't want to tell anybody about it i certainly didn't look at it as my responsibility to see others come to know the lord so when when the holy spirit allowed me back into the fold uh and started giving these opportunities sometimes we you know we all miss an opportunity here and there but i i, I think back on one of my early colleagues when i first got back in in the area i started playing in the Springfield Symphony before I joined the, the uh, Dayton uh, uh, Philharmonic. And uh, I, I, I began to make friends with one of my colleagues in the brass section. And we would talk and I would share my faith and, and we would just talk and he wasn't a Christian at the time. And uh, I'll, I'll never forget, he, he, was, he was saying, you know, this business of being a Christian is really confusing to me because I see so many hypocritical 
people say that they're Christians and, and they're walking around doing this and doing that and, and things that I know that are not necessarily a part of any Christian faith. And so I got a chance to, to live the faith in front of him. And he was probably the first time that I got a chance to, to lead uh, an adult friend uh, uh, to the Lord and be involved in, in his uh, his uh, transferring all of his uh, uh, his his life to over over to Christ, and, and I, I'll never forget that. And then there's been several things, several times. I believe now it's five years ago. Uh, my sister, who had been estranged from the family, she was the black sheep of the family family, and she had been off uh, and doing her own thing. Lots of uh, lots of drug involvement and alcohol and just all, all the kind of things in life that would lead her away from uh, any uh, Christian experience at, at all. Uh, she was, um, uh, she was involved in some, uh, some, some really difficult, uh, difficult things. And so she was never, never really around us, never came back for the family family things. And then, and then, uh, then she went through a divorce and uh, she came back uh, to this uh, to this area, uh, took her job in, actually in Dayton, and so now we're closer. And I started really talking to her, and she said one time early on, she said, "You know, if I what if if I was ever was to become a Christian, I certainly would never tell you about it." <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and so I thought that was funny. So we we just kept talking, and and I wasn't pressuring her or anything. And then one time, one time we. I went out to dinner with her, I took her to Mama D's, uh, sure. Mama De Salvo, yeah. Italian place. Yeah. And we went to dinner and uh, we, we had been talking and, and I was always open with how I, how I had dealt with the Lord and how I wanted him to be part of my life. And we pulled into her driveway and she said, I, she said, I, I think I want to accept Christ. And, and I said, what? <laughs> and I said, I, I said, right, right now. And she said, yes. And so we prayed the prayer together. And since then, she's been a strong Christian. We have fellowship together. And, and, and what, I mean, think, think about it. If you have a sibling that you never talk to and, 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 you know, she was probably, well, no, she would have been uh, in her late fifties when, yeah, probably 58 when she accepted the Lord. And, and, uh, and and so we had spent all this adult time away from each other, and now and now we have a connection, and God allowed me to be a part of that. That's a cool story. How's the relationship today with your sister? Fantastic, fantastic. She's still a little bit of a black sheep, but but uh, but uh, no no no. I would think you'd be the black sheep, Charlie. Well, I, I'm I'm the one that causes some trouble. I don't, I don't know if I necessarily would say black sheep. I might might. And I, only, I might be gray. I, I only say black sheep because I love you. You're a great guy. Um, yeah, and you have, you, a, you have such a winsome personality that just brings, well, thank you. brings thank people you. Into, you, into your presence. So uh, uh, thanks for being um, willing to be used by the, by the Lord to do really what's important. What we're all called to do is to share the gospel. And whether we're in, with the Dayton Philharmonic or we're teaching at Cedarville or, or doing whatever. So um, thank you for that. I want to um, transition because we're now nearing the end of this uh, podcast, which I'm not going to get to all the questions because you've had such great information to share. But as I think about your time on campus, 43 years, what brings you the greatest satisfaction as you look back at your tenure on campus? Uh, the, 
obviously, I mean, this this is going to be almost trite to say it, but uh, my my past president and and uh, yeah, my past and and present uh, relationships with with my with my students. Uh, I just remember uh, having wonderful opportunities of building in into into a. a kids some you know sometimes you're at a small college and 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 you you get the feeling that you want to maybe uh, be on a larger campus or be in a larger orchestra or be somewhere you know i've traveled the world with the rock band and uh, and sometimes now that i'm playing more classical music you, you get the feeling where i, I kind of wish i was in chicago playing the chicago symphony or wouldn't it be great to be in the new york philharmonic and then then the lord brings this 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 kid in who really needs help uh, and musically and spiritually, he just really needs help. And if I if I was in New York, I wouldn't have the opportunity to build into his life. And so I, I just love the fact that uh, some of my gals and gal uh, guys and gals uh, got so close during their four years that to this day I get an email, like a telephone call. I, I get the uh, I get a. A, a, a call from a, a male student saying, I, I, I think I'm in love with her, but I don't know if, if she's in love with me. How do I know? And what you, you think I should pursue this? And what, you know, and all, all of that kind of thing. Or I'll get the call saying, Mr. Pinar, she dumped me. Uh, it, it, what do I do? And, you know, and then we pray together and, and just having all, all of that, that continued trust that they have in, in me that. I, I don't know. It's just it's just pretty, pretty, pretty amazing. Well, I think you've done it all well. And I think you've hit on really the the key part of life is one being used by God, being being willing to be used by God and then just to develop relationships with people, because that's where that's where transformation takes place at the at the inner at the um, relational level. So I commend you for that. I have uh, maybe time for three more questions. Um, so I know. Two of the triplets are Cedarville students this year. They're freshmen. What's it like to be a grandfather, still teaching on campus, and have your two of your grandchildren on your campus? What's it like? I, well, I must be too vain to think I'm old, but I must be, I guess. Uh, but uh, obviously, I'm old enough to have a college gra uh, granddaughter. I'm just really... First of all, I'm really proud of them. They, they are remarkable kids, uh, and they not just because they're <laughs> from the Pinard lineage uh, or anything like that, but, uh, but, but uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm proud to have been part of an organization that they have looked at and they feel comfortable enough to become then a part of uh, and continue their education. Yeah. And uh, you get to have lunch with them once in a while, don't you? That, exactly. Uh, uh, matter of fact, well, one of them has a schedule, so they can't do lunch uh, this week. So we're going to have dinner together. So, but uh, when I come over, we are usually having lunch or dinner together with both of them. That's great, uh, Charlie. Um, I asked the, the last two questions um, during COVID nineteen specifically um, for obvious reasons. So, as you have dealt with COVID uh, in your family, not that you've had it, but we're all dealing with COVID-19 in some way, the effect of it. How, is it. how has it impacted your life? How, have it, how has it impacted your leadership at home? Well, I, I think most everybody would, ask, would answer it, it this way 
at, at the beginning, and that that is that we have uh, uh, a church has been taken away from us uh, uh, at, 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 at the beginning part, and and obviously for those of you, for those of us who are committed Christians, not that we we have to go to church as Christians. It's it's a, it's a privilege to go to church. It's a privilege to go and worship uh, corporately. So I think the first uh, uh, side effect of, of COVID, uh, outside of any physical things, which we haven't had that, uh, would be uh, not being able to go uh, go and, and worship uh, worship together. The other the other thing is uh, I've seen lots of friends and relatives. Uh, curl up in mental cocoons of fear. And, and I hate to see this fear taking over uh, the minds of and hearts of really good people. Uh, obviously, it is a very real threat, but at the, but, but at the same time, I, I, I have seen the opportunity to put our to put our trust in, in in the Lord. Obviously, we don't want to get it. We we but we have to know that he's in that he's in charge. So I think COVID, first of all, has taken church away from us. It's caused lots of people to have fear. But thirdly, it has allowed us to live our faith. Uh, to 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 you know, I mean, and we all say that we're people of we were people of faith. Well, we got to prove it, uh, and, and and live through this. And conquer this uh, this uh, virus through the means of, of faith. God's not surprised. He's not surprised how many people get sick. He's not surprised about any any of that. And so we have to trust in in, in Him. You, you you raise good points, and uh, He is in control. And if if we don't take advantage of the COVID nineteen pandemic for kingdom purposes, we've we've probably misplayed a great opportunity. So I commend you for for thinking that way. Thank you for no thank you for uh, joining me for this last thirty minutes or so, to just talking about your life and your ministry. Uh, I appreciate your time. Uh, more importantly than that, I appreciate you. I, I say that to you. I try to say that to you frequently because uh, I, I just uh, love and respect you. Uh, you have been a great friend uh, for my ten years here at Cedarville, and I yeah. wish you the best going forward. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Mark. It's a great privilege. Thank you for listening to Cedarville Stories podcast brought to you by Cedarville University. If you were encouraged by this conversation, like I was, please share this episode with a friend. If you know of an awesome Cedarville story, share it with us. We would love to showcase how God is at work in the Cedarville family. And be sure to come back next week when we'll hear another Cedarville story for God's glory.